You know what I love? Calzones, a good calzone. And one of my favorite things to do after the podcast is head over to Sauce on the Side in the Grove. You know the place. It's the place with the big calzone sign outside. Sauce on the Side offers a variety of calzones and salads. My personal favorite is the Roasty Toasty. It's pesto chicken, pine nuts, red onion, arugula with mozzarella, ricotta, and made-from-scratch pesto sauce. Mmm, just delicious. Be sure to check out other great calzones, too, like the Meet Me in St. Louis, the Duke, Fatty B, and don't forget about the Sauce on the Side special calzone of the month. They also offer incredible salads like the Italian, Smokehouse, Beats Me, Caesar, Zen Garden, and my personal favorite, the Strawberry Fields. And if you're in a dessert mood, try one of the Sauce on the Side delicious dessert calzones, which include the Apple Pie, Nutella Banana, mmm, and special dessert of the month. Sauce on the Side has six locations in the greater St. Louis area, six including downtown, The Grove, Clayton, Twin Oaks, Chesterfield, Wentzville, and soon to be St. Charles. Sauce on the Side offers safe and socially distanced dining, as well as contactless curbside pickup and delivery. For more information or to order online, visit their website at sauceontheside.com. Sauce on the Side appreciates your business and thanks you for your continued support during these trying times. That's Sauce on the Side. Today on the show, the arachnid Blair Onyx joins us to talk about her young career, what makes her the spider, and training with Seth freaking Rollins. It's all today on the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome into the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ben Simon here once again for your most intriguing professional wrestling half hour on the internet. And today we have one of our favorite wrestlers here in the area with Glory Pro and soon to be WrestleMax and wrestling at the Grandel. Of course, the arachnid Blair Onyx. Welcome to the show today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, we're, you know, we're having this chain of interesting personalities here, and we want to talk all about your career today. And uh, it is intriguing to me uh, on the surface. So let's dig in. You were actually born in Russia. Yes, I was. I lived there for six years. So what brought you over to the U.S.? Um, Well, there was a lot more opportunities out here. So my dad got a job at a university and because of that it brought all of my family here with him so for a while we were only going to stay here for around a year but they kept extending his work visa and eventually we got like green cards and then eventually i became a citizen so it wasn't even planned for me to be in this country but (laughs) i'm very grateful that i am so you speak russian right i do fluently yes okay very nice so you've been in Chicago uh, ever since you moved to the U.S., is that right? Yes. So I lived in around the Chicagoland area pretty much my whole life um, besides when I lived in Russia. And I also lived in Davenport for a year. Ooh, I wonder what was in Davenport. We'll get to that. <laughs> what got you into wrestling, though, Blair? Um, my older brother, actually, I started watching it when I was still in Russia and he would always watch it. So I started watching it with him and I fell in love. I remember 
when I was 11, I had told my mom that I wanted to be a wrestler. And at the time she did not think that I was serious. So she kind of laughed it off. But um, I remember there was one time when I, me and her went to the gym together and I pretty much started crying. And I told her that I needed to be a wrestler and I needed to do this and get trained. And I did. And it's been amazing ever since, really a dream. So whenever a young person wants to become a wrestler, uh, it's like, where do I even start sometimes? Uh, you trained pretty notably uh, at Seth Rollins Academy, Black and Brave in Davenport, but what brought you there? Um, I was a huge Seth Rollins fan, so I like obviously knew that he had a school. So I remember I was looking at a bunch of different schools in the area, and that was like my dream school. That is a school that I thought I would get the best education and the best like groundwork um, framework for wrestling. So that was the school that in my mind, that is the first school that like is my choice, if that makes sense. So um, I had kind of two months to get the money for it because I signed up at kind of last minute. Um, they had a student dropout. So they had a spot open up. So I saw the tweet on Twitter. And I kind of knew in my mind that and in my heart that I had to do it. Like I had to sign up for it. Um, I remember I called my friend to crying again. <laughs> um, I was terrified to start training because I didn't think that I would be able to do it honestly, because wrestling is so physical. Um, there, I had never have played any sports. I never did anything athletic besides working out at the gym sometimes. So when I started wrestling, it was very, very hard for me. And, um, I didn't pick up on certain moves, certain, like everything that you need to learn in wrestling as fast as the other students. So that was a big challenge for me, but through perseveration and hard work, um, I was able to become a wrestler. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's a great story. And you've only been in the business for, what, two years, right? Yes, I've been wrestling for a little bit over two years now, but it definitely feels like less because of the pandemic. Right. Well, let me dig in here a little bit. Um, I mean, two, three years ago, Seth Rollins was already a made man. And I know he runs it with Merrick Brave as well. Was yes. he still, was uh, Seth Rollins still hands-on at that point at the training academy? Oh, definitely. He was there all the time. I was surprised at how much he was there. Um, he was an integral part of the training. And just like any other coach, he was hands-on. He explained um, why certain things should be a certain way. Um, yeah, he was great. A glowing recommendation of uh, the Black and Brave Academy. But uh, tell me about your first match. Uh, you know, uh, were you were you nervous? Tell me about what happened there. Uh, my first match, I remember it very vividly. I had tunnel vision pretty much the whole time. And I was just focused on getting through it. And it was a four-on-four -four Survivor Series style match. Um, and... I don't remember um, every single girl that was in there, but I remember Paloma Star was in that match. Um, 
yeah, that's, that's all I really remember. There was eight of us, but I remember just being honestly terrified for a week prior to the show. I, that's all I thought about. Like I woke up, I was thinking about the match. Like I went to sleep. I was still thinking about the match. Um, I just wanted to do good. I wanted my first match to be something that I was proud of. And, you know, whenever someone debuts, they're usually a, a, a blank canvas or maybe they pick up a character. They, they're not even sure what it is yet. Uh, they're just going with something. How did you develop the arachnid? And was there anything before the arachnid? Um, I always knew in regards to character, I wanted to be like a darker character. I wanted to be scary, but I wasn't wrestling as the arachnid at first. Um, it kind of started because I was a huge fan and still am of AJ Lee. And, um, she had some spider influence in her as well. And I have a gymnastics background starting from when I was still in Russia. So I felt like a lot of the moves that I was good at looked like spider moves. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but um, <laughs> I was like, I kind of move like a spider and I just kind of incorporated everything together and the arachnid was a, was born. <laughs> so is this, is this, the arachnid is typically a, uh, a, a bad guy in wrestling, would you say? Um, it depends on my mood. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, it definitely depends. Sometimes I'm a good spider. Sometimes I'm a bad spider. You formed a tag team with another uh, dark uh, wrestler, um, Elena Black, the yes. Sorceress of Sin. Um, and you are the Sisters of Destruction. Tell us about your history with Elena Black. How far do you guys go back? Um, well, around our 10th ever match for both of us, we had a singles match for um, Berwyn Championship Wrestling. And I don't know, just when you share a ring with someone, you kind of both go through this experience together. And for us, we just bonded right away. So we just became best friends. We started traveling together. We started training together. Um, and I don't know, that's like my sister for life now. Um, and the fact that we were able to wrestle as a tag team and that being my best friend, I'm forever grateful for those um, memories and that experience. And I think in Glory Pro, uh, talking about wrestling around uh, St. Louis, I don't think you've ever teamed together in St. Louis, but at the, uh, the collective show in Indianapolis, um, yes. I think uh, that you two teamed up right that night. Yeah, we did. And we wrestled Hyon and Laney Luck. That was a fun night. I, I, I was glad I was able to make it out. Um, so after Davenport, you said you lived there for about a year. Uh, yes. you, you really made your career, it seems, back in Chicago. Uh, what brought you back to Chicago from Iowa? Um, well, when I was living in Iowa, I wasn't really living in the best conditions. Like I was sleeping on a floor. It was pretty rough. Um, I didn't have any money at all. So I moved back um, with my family for now. Um, I'm very grateful for the year that I was there, but I just couldn't really afford it anymore. So I moved back and right when I moved back, the pandemic started. So it was at the best time that I moved back. But 
just that experience alone, uh, living in Davenport and having access to a ring at all times really, really um, helped me in regards to my wrestling. And like, there's nothing like getting in ring time. Um, and I had access to a ring at all times. So I feel like I really advanced um, in my abilities during that time. Any wrestling company in Chicago really worth anything has had you in, in their rings. Um, and in St. Louis with Glory Pro, uh, you know, you've been here as well. But after just two years, you're fairly notable already as far as independent wrestling goes. What's, uh, what's your goal and, and how far are you going to, how far are you willing to go to reach it? Um, my goal essentially is to be able to make a living off of wrestling um, and whatever company that may be, um, I will be glad to work for them. <laughs> um, I also, a huge goal of mine is, um, as generic as it sounds, is to just be happy where I'm at. Um, I really value things like creative, um, like my own creativity being acknowledged and feeling like I am in a good environment in order to grow and to learn. So that's another thing that's really important for me. And um, just in regards to that, it doesn't really, the company that I work for specifically isn't as important as those things. Right. Are you, would you say that you're still learning as a wrestler? Oh, 100%. Um, I actually just came from training. So I definitely believe that learning should never stop. And even if you are in all of these high places, um, the groundwork and what you do inside the ring and whether or not you train is going to determine where you go. Very nice. Hey, last year, I think one of the first times that we actually interacted about a year ago was at the Grandel Theater itself. We were doing that promo shoot. There were like 10 of us there. Eventually, the world saw like the really cool scenes uh, from inside the Grandel. Uh, the cameraman had the camera in the ring and it, he was getting arm dragged down and there was fog everywhere and really cool lights. And we yeah. were there. Uh, tell us about that experience and being a part of wrestling at the Grandel thus far. Um, thus far, it was that was one of my favorite days in wrestling that I've ever had. Um, I've never shot a wrestling in the, from that perspective in the way we were filming kind of like a commercial. So I have never been a part of something like that. And to see the production that went behind it and all of the lights and like the fog and to do that with my best friend too, was honestly a dream. I felt like at that moment that I made it. <laughs> it was you and Elena, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was cool. And, and it's really special that you say that because for me, I feel sort of the same way. And it wasn't even a real wrestling event. It was yeah. just a, a shoot. So uh, it was, uh, yeah, really nice. It really gets us hyped up for uh, the eventual, uh, hopefully in 2021, wrestling at the Grandel. Well, uh, Blair, tell me about your brand. How do you promote yourself? We know about you, but uh, talk about getting yourself over, so to speak, with the wrestling fans. Um, I think social media is a huge integral part of promoting yourself, especially during like these days. Um, 
I found that I make these videos um, that essentially all they do and the purpose of them is to just freak people out and um, to kind of show that I am this character. Um, also, I think a huge part of promoting yourself is being at shows. And if you're not booked on a show, you can always go and help and get your face out there. Have the promoters know who you are. That's a huge part of being a wrestler. You know, that's that's interesting that you talk about being so multifaceted in wrestling. It's not just knowing the psychology even or just the moves. It's It really is about self-promotion and networking. You know, one of the things about this pandemic that's been pretty tough, a lot of the promoters of some of the shows I've been with, they have to actually reach out to trainees and young wrestlers alike who might be riding in the cars and they say, if you're not wrestling on the card, don't come. And they actually yeah. shut that down. And that's really been unfortunate this year, in my opinion. Oh, yes, definitely with the pandemic. Um, if even for myself, the bookings that I'm taking are limited and safety is definitely the number one priority when it comes to wrestling right now. I've been wanting to talk to our guests, and I guess I haven't yet, about their horror stories in wrestling. We all have them. I have them as just a ring announcer. So I know you, Blaironix, have got to have some horror stories from the road or events. Tell us something that comes to your mind. What's your wrestling horror story? Um, one of my biggest horror stories was when I was traveling for Canadian Wrestling Elite, CWE. I was doing a tour with them for around like 10 to 12 days. And I was traveling with a wrestler. His name's Dante Leon. Um, and we stopped at a gas station, you know, just a regular stop. And I paid for um, gas for that time. And I left my wallet on the roof of the car. Oh, no. And then, yes. <laughs> and um, we switched, um, like, turns driving. So I went to sleep. And six hours later, I woke up. And just so um, I note this, my passport um, to get into Canada was in my wallet. So when I woke up, I realized that I didn't have my wallet. And at first I thought maybe it's in my bag. Maybe I like dropped it somewhere. But when I realized that I left it on the roof of the car six hours later, I thought that like all hope was lost. <laughs> oh my, you're <laughs> not going to be able to get back into the U.S. without that either, right? I was still in the U.S. So okay. that was great. But I wouldn't be able to do the tour at all if I didn't get it back. So we drove back to the gas station and miraculously they had it. Um, a lot of my stuff was stolen from my wallet, which was unfortunate, but my passport was in there. So that was the main thing that I needed. <laughs> that must have been a, that's like, what, what is that? Like a, that, that's had to be like a day setback at least, right? Yeah. So we ended up driving total like 40 hours straight just to make it to the first show. So we just took turns sleeping and it was insane. I'm pretty sure, I don't know, it was kind of dark, but I was driving on the highway and I think I saw like an all white horse just standing on the side. Like it looked like a unicorn. 
it's I sound crazy right now, but I promise this happened. <laughs> and I don't maybe it was the sleep deprivation, but man, that <laughs> tour was that tour taught me a lot um about wrestling and to wrestle ten days in a row was insane and nothing that I've ever done before. Um, so I'm very grateful that I was able to get my wallet and my passport and do the tour. <laughs> so you were driving with one other person on that trip, huh? Yes. So, so me leaving my wallet added 12 hours to the drive. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that, that might be anything I have. Um, uh, but it, that's a good thing. It worked out and it makes for a good wrestling horror story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we want. Uh, Don't leave your wallet on the roof of cars, guys. Right. Uh, Blair, your next show coming up is right here in St. Louis. And uh, tell us all about your debut at the premiere of WrestleMax STL on February 20th. Um, I am beyond excited. Um, I'm wrestling Sue Young. And I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. <laughs> um, I, she has been one of my dream opponents. And I am so into wrestling characters. And we both have a scary dynamic. So I'm so excited with the story that we're going to tell in the ring. And I was just talking to promoter of Wrestling of the Grand Delt, Joey O'Farrell. And he said that Red Flag in St. Louis, where this event is going to be, is just going to be an amazing wrestling venue. And everyone should definitely come out. Uh, it's going to be the best $25 you'll spend, at least in the first <laughs> half of this year, probably. Uh, and you're going to see Sue Young versus Blair Onyx at WrestleMax STL. That's the first show, um, February 20th, 2021. Uh, Blair, talk about some of your... 2021 goals i mean we're still in the pandem pandemic times but um there is a light at the end of the tunnel uh what do you think you'll accomplish this year um well just looking back on how 2020 went i highly highly hope that this year will be better in regards to how many bookings i have um 2020 really taught me a huge lesson on how important it is to put everything you have into your matches um when in 2019 i was wrestling probably three times every weekend and it became not like i was going through the motions but um i didn't put as much emphasis as i did in my matches in 2020 so i really learned the lesson of um quality over quantity so for every booking that I take. Um, I just want to put 100% into everything that I do. And I want to create matches at a higher level that I ever have. And um, I just want to wrestle everywhere and everyone. <laughs> but um, the pandemic still isn't over. So definitely safety is my number one priority as well. Do you have your eye on anything like I, I, I don't you know, sh shut me down, please, if, if I'm if I'm digging too much. But it, are, you, are you aiming for any like bigger wrestling company in the immediate future in particular, uh, whether it's AEW or David Marquez uh, in California? Uh, anything you have your eye on? Um, 
a huge goal of mine is to get a match on AEW Dark. So if you never know what the future holds, but that's definitely one of the goals that I'm working for. What is one thing, at least, uh, that wrestling fans may not know that they should know about Blair Onyx? Um... Oh, that's a tough question. What should they know? <laughs> I didn't prep you this, um, <laughs> for this one either. Um, I think what they should know about me is that I started off wrestling as a fan. Um, I was the biggest fan of, uh, of course, I still am the biggest fan of wrestling, um, but I wasn't ready physically. I wasn't ready um, in a way emotionally for the wrestling business, but I did it. And I got to a point where I was wrestling three times every weekend, which is something that I'm so grateful to say. And I just want wrestling fans to know that um, no matter where you may be and you might not know um, whether or not you can do it, if you truly believe in yourself and put in the work and the effort you can accomplish your dreams like I did. <laughs> well, it is a good message to have. And I, I think it rings true with so many young fans uh, who are listening to this and, and going to shows. And, you know, I think most of the time, the best pro wrestlers were once fans. Um, it's got to be that passion. Blair, yeah. we talked to uh, Mike Outlaw recently who had a new line of soap uh, as far as his merchandise goes. Um, and That's amazing. So merchandise is very important to every pro wrestler. I'm not yeah. saying that you need to have your own soap yet, but <laughs> what? Uh, tell us about how fans can uh, find your merchandise uh, uh, online. You have a pro wrestling tea store? Yeah, I do have a pro wrestling tea store. I have two shirts on there too, soon to be three. Surprise, surprise. Um, but... That's pretty much all I have online. Also, if fans want to DM me, I am more than happy to send you an 8x10 or a shirt myself because I do that as well. How can people find you online? You're a social media mogul. Uh, tell us about your channels. Um, I have uh, Instagram at Blair Onyx. Um, my Twitter is Blair, but the Onyx is spelled backwards. So it's like Zyno. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel for if you just search Blair Onyx, it will pop up. And you make all those videos yourself, right? Yeah, um, I make I made a tutorial on how to do um, my spider eyeliner that I put on to activate my spider powers. So that's cool. I also made a few um, tutorials on stuff that I eat. Um, I put matches on there. Um, I like to have a variety on there. Very cool. Well. Anything else uh, before we go today that you'd like to share with the wrestling world? Um, make sure you tune in on WrestleMax St. Louis to watch me versus Sue Young on February 20th, please. Hell yeah, that's what I want too. <laughs> and also later on in 2021, wrestling at the Grand Isle. Guys, 2021 is, uh, I look, the bars have been set pretty low by last year, but 2021 is going to be fire, at least in the second part, and I cannot wait. Thanks all for listening here today on the show. We're recording at Midcoast Media in Midtown St. Louis. The engineer is Monk Horrell. The producer of the podcast is Joey O'Farrell. You can follow me, 
Ben Simon on Twitter at the Ben Simon. We want to thank Blair Onyx once again for coming on the show today. And we will see you next time on the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. Until then, we say so long from the Show Me State. 